0: The Bible Study Podcast, episode 233. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of 1 Samuel with chapter 11. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. We continue on with chapter 11. You may remember that in chapter 10, Saul was anointed king. And so this is what the new king does. Nahash the Ammonite went up and besieged Jebash Gilead, and all the men of Jebash said to him, Make a treaty with us, and we will be subject to you. But Nahash the Ammonite replied, I will make a treaty with you only on the condition that I gouge out the right eye of every one of you, and so bring disgrace on all Israel. The elders of Jabesh said to him, "Give us 7 days so we can send messengers throughout Israel. If no one comes to rescue us, we will surrender to you." When the messengers came to Gibeah of Saul and reported these terms to the people, they all wept aloud. Just then Saul was returning from the fields behind his oxen, and he asked, what is wrong with everyone? Why are they weeping? Then they repeated to him what the men of Jebash had said. When Saul heard their words, the Spirit of God came powerfully upon him, and he burned with anger. He took a pair of oxen, cut them into pieces, and sent the pieces by messengers throughout Israel, proclaiming, This is what will be done to the oxen of anyone who does not follow Saul and Samuel. Then the terror of the Lord fell on the people, and they came out together as one. When Saul mustered them at Bezek, the men of Israel numbered 300,000, and those of Judah 30,000. They told the messengers who had come, Say to the men of Jebash Gilead, By the time the sun is hot tomorrow you will be rescued. When the messengers went and reported this to the men of Jebash, they were elated. They said to the Amorites, Tomorrow we will surrender to you, and you can do to us whatever you like. The next day, Saul separated his men into three divisions during the last watch of the night. They broke into the camp of the Amorites and slaughtered them until the heat of the day. Those who survived were scattered so that no two of them were left together. So this is Saul. Behaving as a king. Saul was anointed king by Samuel, and then he was chosen by Lot in the last chapter so that the people would know that it was God who intended him to be king. But this is finally him living up to being king. And it's interesting to see that when this news finds him, Saul is out with the oxen. Saul is not behaving as a king, Saul had gone back to his father's fields and was not living as a king. No one knew what a king lived like, or at least no one in Israel had been a king. And so this was all something new. Now, how bad do things have to get to the point at which gouging out the right eye of everyone looks like your best option? But that's how bad things got in Jevash Gilead. Basically, the Ammonites were more powerful than the local people there, And so they needed all of Israel to act as one and not to act as a bunch of independent tribes. And this is what Saul was able to do as the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. He was able to, in part, out of fear, bring everyone together. So he cuts up the axon and sends the pieces to all of Israel and says, you know, you better get in line here. You better be with me because if you're against me, it's not going to be good. This is what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen to your oxen. It sounds a little bit like the the godfather here making him an offer they can't refuse. But that's what it means to have a king. When you have a king, when you have the king that you asked for, the king doesn't make polite requests. The king makes orders. And this is Saul making his first order as a king, we're going to go fight the Amorites, and you better be with me. And if you're not with me, there are going to be consequences. And this, of course, takes the Amorites completely by surprise, because they've been used to having their way with the Israelites, so much so that they're willing to give them five days to go ask for help. How ridiculous is that? But that's how sure they were that no help would come. But indeed, Saul is now king. Things have changed. This is a new day in Israel, and the Amorites learned that the hard way as they were attacked in the middle of the night by Saul and his three divisions. Now, as you can imagine, Saul is... Having been anointed by Samuel, having been chosen by Lot, now is acting as a king, and so therefore he is welcomed as a king. The people then said to Samuel, Who was it that asked, Shall Saul reign over us? Turn these men over to us so that we may put them to death. But Saul said, No one will be put to death today, for this day the Lord has rescued Israel. Then Samuel said to the people, Come, let us go to Gilgal, and there renew the kingship. So all the people went to Gilgal and made Saul king in the presence of the Lord. There they sacrificed fellowship offerings before the Lord, and Saul and all the Israelites held a great celebration. So far, it's good to be the king and it's good to have a king. So far, things are working out just the way the people hoped they would. They've got a king who's able to rally them, who's able to bring retribution to the enemies of Israel, who's able to wield power, and who gives them the credit to God. So far, things are going really, really well. And they're going to go well for a while not immediately going to go bad. But the one thing that's going to happen right away is we're going to lose Samuel. Samuel was an old man, remember, with this started, and the people did not want to hand power over to his sons who were corrupt, just like the sons of Eli before. And so we get in 1 Samuel 12, Samuel's farewell speech. So although we're going to be reading from the book of 1 Samuel, and there's also a book of 2 Samuel, Samuel doesn't make it to the end of the book. Samuel says to all Israel, I have listened to everything you said to me, and have set a king over you. Now you have a king as your leader. As for me, I am old and grey, and my sons are here with you. I have been your leader from my youth until this day. Here I stand. Testify against me in the presence of the Lord and his anointed. Whose ox have I taken? Whose donkey have I taken? Whom have I cheated? Whom have I oppressed? from whose hand have I accepted a bribe to make me shut my eyes? If I have done any of these things, I will make it right. You have not cheated or oppressed us, they replied. You have not taken anything from anyone's hand. Samuel said to them, The Lord is witness against you, and also his anointed is witness this day, that you have not found anything in my hand. He is witness, they said. Then Samuel said to the people, It is the Lord who appointed Moses and Aaron and brought your ancestors out of Egypt. Now then stand here, because I am going to confront you with evidence before the Lord as to all the righteous acts performed by the Lord for you and your ancestors. After Jacob entered Israel, they cried to the Lord for help. And the Lord sent Moses and Aaron, who brought your ancestors out of Egypt, and settled them in this place. But they forgot the Lord their God, so he sold them in the hands of the Sisera, the commander of the army of Hazor, and into the hands of the Philistines, and the king of Moab, who fought against them. They cried out to the Lord and said, We have sinned, we have forsaken the Lord, and served the Baals and the Ashereths. But now deliver us from the hands of our enemies, and we will serve you. Then the Lord sent Jerob, Baal, Barak, Jephthah, and Samuel, and he delivered you from the hands of your enemies all around you, so that you lived in safety. But when you saw that Nahash, king of the Amorites, was moving against you, you said to me, no, we want a king to rule over us, even though the Lord your God was your king. Now here is your king that you have chosen, the one you asked for. See, the Lord has set a king over you. If you fear the Lord and serve and obey him and do not rebel against his commands, and if both you and the king who reigns over you follow the Lord your God, good. But if you do not obey the Lord, and if you rebel against his commands, his hand will be against you as it was against your ancestors. Now then, stand still and see this great thing the Lord is about to do before your eyes. Is it not wheat harvest now? I will call on the Lord to send thunder and rain, and you will realize what an evil thing you did in the eyes of the Lord when you asked for a king. Then Samuel called on the Lord, and the same day the Lord sent thunder and rain, so all the people stood in awe of the Lord and of Samuel. The people said to Samuel, "'Pray to the Lord your God for your servants, so that we will not all die, for we have added to all our other sins the evil of asking for a king.' "'Do not be afraid,' Samuel replied. "'You have done all this evil, yet do not turn away from the Lord, but serve the Lord with all your heart.' Do not turn away after useless idols. They can do you no good, nor can they rescue you because they are useless. For the sake of his great name, the Lord will not reject his people, because the Lord was pleased to make you his own. As for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by failing to pray for you. And I will teach you the way that is good and right. Be sure to fear the Lord and serve him faithfully with all your heart. Consider what great things he has done for you. Yet if you persist in doing evil, both you and your king will perish. And so this is the last great sermon from Samuel too. and he is telling the people, first of all, you have been an unfaithful people. You have turned your back on God more than once, in fact, in the time of the judges, and now you have asked for a king and that in itself is being unfaithful to God who was your king but all will be good if both you and the king going forward will serve God and this is the longest period in Israel's history where they do serve God and are faithful to God and to and their king is faithful to God unfortunately for 10 of the tribes, it will only last for three kings, Saul and David and Solomon. And then we'll go into a period of kings who go back to the worship of the Asherah and the Baal. And the reason why the worship of Baal is particularly heinous to God is that it did involve, we believe, child sacrifice. And there's mention of that throughout the Prophets. And so he says, you've turned your back on those idols, now keep them turned, keep them facing to God, and go forward, you and your king, faithful to God. With that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, feel free to leave a comment at com or drop me an email to host at com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Chris2X. And as always, thanks so much for listening. rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances. God invites us to cultivate thankful hearts by turning our eyes toward Him in good times and bad. To listen to more Abide Christian Meditations, just go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Abide Christian Meditation. You can also download the Abide app for more biblical meditations at abide.com.